I don't give a shit. I don't. Okay, now we're all set. Hey, uh, from the from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. My guest today is a retired uh, NYPD lieutenant, eighteen-year uh, veteran on the force, John Macari. Uh, I said that right. John? Yes, John McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, you uh, are now you're now down in Florida, where things are so much more uh, reasonable. And uh, you're uh, do you miss being a cop? I miss being a cop. I miss being. I miss living in New York City. I do not miss what New York City transformed into. And I do not miss what the NYPD transformed into. <laughs> it's a it's a complete shit show at NYPD. I guess from from what we were just talking about before we started recording here, the vaccine mandates is what what got you off the force. Yeah, they uh, NYPD denied my religious exemption and my medical exemption, and basically I had no choice but to walk away. I you know I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have my integrity uh, bought and sold over $500. I'm not gonna be told what to do or give up my bodily autonomy to keep my job, which is, you know, and just for those of you that don't know me, I have a very good arrest record. I was always a 5.0 rated employee. I've never had a disciplinary issue my entire career. Um, wow, that's so insane. Any CCR, uh, what, what do they call it? The, uh, the, the citizen? Bureau or with CCRB? I had a few unsubstantiated CCRBs, but I was a very active officer. I was involved in thousands of arrests. You then the, the, you're not going to have officers like that anymore. You know that that you're you're an officer of the past at this point. You know, like that. There are no, no thousands of arrests. The proactive policing is is over. Yeah, you know, I was trained in broken windows theory. I was trained in broken windows policing. I was trained on how to attack minor crimes to prevent larger crimes from happening and you know anyone that came out around the same time as me we all were pretty much proactive police officers today that is how i was trained is called the mistakes of the past as we commonly refer to it you hear the electeds tell you it's the mistakes of the past however those mistakes of the past i watched new york city transform from a city of crime to the safest big city in the world using that method of policing we went away from it and now New York City, once again, is a shithole. And we're told that the mistakes of the past were the things that transformed it into the safest big city in the world. Yeah. So it's insanity. I, I wish we could just uh, go back to being a fuck up city, you know, that does make, makes all kinds of mistakes all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was the best mistakes that, that were ever made uh, during the Giuliani and then the Bloomberg era. Bloomberg, you know, he, he might have been a lot of things, but he, he was, uh, you know, he, he pretty much held it between the lines as far as all that goes. I mean, I think that he was a better, uh, like, uh, what, what do you call it, like uh, administrator. He let uh, Ray Kelly do his job. 100%. Yeah. The, you know, Mike Bloomberg, to me, he's a limousine liberal, but he stayed away from the police department. He truly believed the message that we hear from Mayor Eric Adams today. His Adams's message is always prosperity is the prerequisite to public safety. Very true statement. He should follow what Mike Bloomberg did to get us there. Um, you know, so I mean, you know, New York City is a great place, man. You could be anybody you want to be, but now you can't think the way you want to think. You have to think the way of the left. And, you know, to me, you could be whoever you want. You know, a young little Italian kid growing up in Brooklyn. You know, maybe I, I only fit in Italian neighborhoods, but in New York City, you know, I'm down here in Florida. Everyone comments on my accent, the way I dress, my cologne, everything else. I'm in New York City. Nobody's judging anybody. That's the way it was. And that's not what it is today. You know, <laughs> you could be whoever you want, man. You want to wear ashless chaps and have a purple mohawk, you're fine. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now here, 
Yeah. So it's true, man. I, I, it, the anonymity that you have is is uh, one of the first things I noticed when I got here. Is that like it really is? You know, there's no reason to be self conscious in New York City ever. I mean, there's almost a little bit too much of that now. You know, with the kind of come as you are sort of spirit. I mean, I saw a guy taking off. Uh, well, he was changing his clothes. You know, I, he was uh, completely naked over there on Seventh Avenue around Eighteenth Street, uh, maybe Nineteenth Street. Uh, this man. I, it, I don't know what country he's from, but you'd think that there'd be some kind of an assimilation instinct, you know, that would kick in. Like, it's just, you you don't really get uh, completely naked, you know, here uh, the way you might in, uh, you know, wherever it is you're from. No, nah, yeah, New York City is a great place. It was a great place, man. I'm, but now we're going to, you better think like the left. You better think like, you know, you better think what we tell you or or you're not a good person. Yeah. You know, and, and it was never like that. It was always the city. Be who you want to be. We respect your diversity. We respect your thoughts. We want to bring every voice to the table. And now voices are being thrown, thrown away completely. We don't, you, 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 you're not good enough to be employed here. You know, I'm working in Florida currently. I'm making a lot of money here, but I wasn't good enough to work in New York where they could actually use me. I'm an experienced lieutenant 18 years on. I actually could train people on how to police and how to how to uh, further young cops in their career, but they didn't need me. So I came down to Florida. I'm giving them my tax money, you know, and and that's and and I'm spending my money here. I'm, I'm educating my children here. So, you know, I, you know, I guess New York doesn't want well, doesn't want people like, like me. You no, know, they don't. They don't. They really don't want people like you in NYPD. You're the last kind of a person that they want. I mean, I, I believe that that's true. I think that uh, what they really want is, uh, you know, in, in New York City now is somebody. I mean, they, they, they really want new guys that they can that they can train in this new, uh, you know, bullshit that they're doing. Uh, that's, uh, you know, ultimately going to lead to the city being a lot more uh, dangerous. I mean, like, they, guys who keep it safe and do the job the old way, man. I mean, like, it's good that you got out how you did, in a way. I mean, like, who knows what can, anything can happen now. I mean, we saw Sergeant Barry, uh, Hugh Barry, charged for shooting a, a, you know, it's like a 65-year-old woman who was swinging a bat at him, you know, coming at him with a bat. And I, I think that he's uh, facing a... The departmental trial now. I think he's about to yeah. have to do that. Which after his, you know, <laughs> the criminal thing gets set, it's ridiculous. The guy was doing his job just like Dan Pantaleo was doing his job, just like uh, I mean, uh, the guy who shot, uh, you know, Richard Haste was doing his job. Uh, you know, it's a they have no qualms about not only firing, just ending the, you know, yeah, firing ending the career of, a, of an officer, and with the job goes your whole life. Your whole identity, your pension, all that stuff—it's a—it's uh, just—it's in, incredible how willing they are to do that to guys who have put years in on the job and and you know been proactive officers. So, I I, I can see why a guy like you—they go like oh you know it's it's the the way they have it, it seems to me the way they have it arranged now it's designed to push guys like you out. So, uh, like, so just to back up on Hugh Barry, right? Hugh Barry, I was trained that if someone sh comes at you with a bat to shoot them, my my tar my range practice was a male with a bat. They would they would they would have a movable target. It would it would flip back and forth. One would be a guy with his hands up. The next guy would be with a guy with a bat. You shoot on the guy with the bat. That's how we were trained. Hugh Barry was attacked with a bat. He shot. A few weeks later, I don't remember the person. Uh, right when the body cameras came out. Uh, it was on body camera. Guy charged the cop with a bat. Uh, cop shoots the guy with the bat. He's applauded. 
He's applauded. He did a great job. The police commissioners on TV, the mayor, he did a great job. That's what we need. Meanwhile, Hugh Barry's sitting there being demonized. Danny Panaleo, Eric Garner situation, minor crimes, right? Danny Panaleo gets sent to that spot for a guy selling Lucy's because the businesses in the neighborhood were complaining that this guy stands in front of my store all day, sells marijuana and sells Lucy's. He's a big guy. He intimidates customers coming in. Danny Pantaleo, great cop, gets sent there, um, gets sent there. Um, uh, Eric Garner completely is uncooperative, uh, starts to resist. Uh, Danny Pantaleo makes the decision to arrest him because he's on, he's uncooperative. He begins to resist arrest. They almost go through a plate grass window. Danny Pantaleo takes Eric Garner to the ground, does not choke him, roll, gets him handcuffed, rolls him to his side to promote free breathing and calls an ambulance. That is exactly how I was trained. And to the moment I left the police department, I was never trained again on how to take Eric Garner down. And I still to this day do not know what Danny Panaleo did wrong, other than the fact he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he arrested a guy who was black and had a 99 percent blockage and had a heart attack. That was the only thing that Danny Panaleo did. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, his daughter ended up. I guess it's you know it's uh, hereditary. You know, ended up uh, dying as well. Nobody choked her, uh, and uh, nobody choked uh, Eric Garner either. It's that's the precursor for the whole uh, Derek Chauvin thing. And and like uh, I I still have uh, a very unpopular opinion about that whole deal. You know, uh, but the whole thing with um, with Eric Garner was really to me very cut and dried and and you know that the, they always cut the video down too to just that last part it's like that, that was not the first idea I mean there was a lot of negotiating I've watched the video I mean it's like there's a good eight minutes of like just come on man just come on man let's go you know um, he wasn't interested it's like you make a choice to resist arrest and and then when you make that choice then you accept the consequences that, that sometimes go with it and in this case it was his own health that turned on him and not the NYPD but that was one of those ones that kicked the whole thing off back in like what was that 2013 2014 i believe it was 14 going into 15 like this the, the summer of um yeah. and that's when we started to get the push oh let's you know let's go away from policing minor crimes this doesn't work you know go to that neighborhood now go to that neighborhood now directly where eric garner was was arrested in front of and where he happened to lose his life where he had a heart attack and died. Go to that now. It's the most heroin-filled park in Staten Island. There's junkies there all day, across the street from that deli, just basically sitting there, buying, selling, smoking crack. And it's right out on the main street. It's right by the Staten Island Ferry. It's right in public view. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's it's not it's not hard to see. You could travel past there any time of day or night, and you will see people openly using drugs. And that's supposedly a safer society. That's a safer place for you and your children to walk around, your grandmother to walk down the block, all that. You know, that's what New York City is today. You know, we don't go after criminals. We go after hardworking citizens. That that's that, you know, that's the message today. And, you know, it's a complete mixed message. Did, did you see the video of, of the of the of the Chinese man on the train that supposedly the 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 message came out that supposedly he, he touched the female? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did see that. And I uh, I'm curious what you think. All right. So so just so for everyone, anyone that's not familiar with the video video comes out. I believe it was on uh, Canal Street, right? Was it a uh, canal or? I think it was Fulton. I'm sorry, it was Fulton. Yes, it was on Fulton Street Station. Very busy station. Why there's not cops there? 
I have no idea. I thought we had this whole transit plan. I thought there were going to be cops right there. Um, but a video comes out. Video starts with a male black holding a Chinese male and two other male blacks taking turns punching him in the face. In the video, you hear the blacks make mention to I have a daughter. I have a wife. Right. Yeah. Um, so instantly when I see that, you know, I'm a guy that says, you know, if, that, if something did happen to a female, I we do. We should intervene. We should, however, intervene to a point. Right. Um, this male, he looks like he's mentally disturbed. He's not fighting back. He's taking open shots to the face. Um, to me, that's horrific. If a cop did that, they'd lose their career. They'd get 10 years in prison. Um, you know, I don't care if he did rape someone and there was a female there. This scene, there's no female present. There's no eyewitness other than the guy that videos it. He cannot answer a simple question. And he lies and says that he called 911 and the police responded and arrested the Asian guy, which is, in fact, false. Because today, if you look at Crime Stoppers, we're looking for the three male blacks that held and beat this male. Um, and, you know, we had the media. We had politicians backing these kids. These are good citizens. And my question always is this, is that that's a good citizen? How would you feel if it was three Italian kids and one male black who is mentally, who appears to be mentally ill, who's not resisting, and these three Italian guys are beating the piss out of him on the train station? Oh, and by the way, the three Italian kids like, hey, he tried to rape somebody, bro. Meanwhile, no one's around. There's no girl there. There's no report of it. And to me, I grew up in the city. I grew up around criminals my whole life. If you're going to take somebody's word because they you caught them in the act of doing something horrible. Oh, yeah, I just raped. Oh, this guy just raped someone. How do you know he wasn't being wrong? How do we know all these things? But the narrative of the media and the politicians jumps right to these are good kids. So if that's not a mixed message, I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> Intervene. Hold the guy down. Call 911. No 911 call made. You know, and they just beat him and they were laughing while they were beating. Yeah. And to me. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's very true. Yeah, I mean, the laughing while they're beating him is is telling. It's like uh, what well, the joy that's coursing through them. And you kind of want to say, you know, uh, this is how Emmett Till happened. You know, this is how. Uh, and and I, I don't think that the they they really had that uh, oh, that that justice spirit or anything like that. I mean, they were just having a good time. Uh, you know, got taking some uh, some shots at the guy. I do think. They might have thought something. It was weird, you know, the way they were holding him. The guy that was holding him, he didn't seem to be. Uh, it, it didn't seem to. There was, there was something there to it that they they think the guy had had done something. But like you said, it doesn't matter. None of that matters at all. I mean, it's like once you once you're there holding him. Now, yeah, the post reporting on that was dishonest because like there was a big cheer, uh, not a cheer, but like the guy who was who was shooting the first time the guy slapped him. There was like a kind of a, you know, there was a, like an excitement or whatever. And then when the guy started punching him, there was, anybody around was like going, oh, and they're like, no, stop. You know, nobody wants to see that. So the, the post acted like it was this, you know, everybody was uh, really into the idea. And then the guy is saying, chill, chill to calm everybody down. But everybody wasn't it, it wasn't like how, how they say it seems like when that they know people are going to watch the video and go like, that's that's not exactly what I'm seeing there. But it's funny, man, because people seem to be told what they're looking at and believe it. It's the weirdest time, John. We have uh, no critical thinking at all. And uh, 
it's th- that gives the media an amazing amount of power and and when it reinforces the dominant narrative like this does you know that uh these are teens you know these are just some some young black guys who uh you know are handing out some street justice you know trying to uh make sure that this guy uh doesn't rape anybody or something i i you know it it, it really does uh strain credulity to, to think that that's what's what's actually happening there but about the uh staten island down there where, the, where you say they got the heroin now the open air drug market and everything they would they'd love to have a problem with lucy's there now wouldn't they oh absolutely they would love it they would feel much safer with just a little bit of lucy's there absolutely a little bit of marijuana being sold as opposed to this park being filled and your children can't play in it it's a new York City public park. It's there for the kids. It's there for the elderly. It's there for people to be able to use. You, you know, uh, and and it's not. It's a, it's a drug. Thing. That's what it is. That's that's what it's turned into. And it's in a you know, it's in what could be a beautiful area of Staten Island. It's overlooking the city. You get a whole complete view of Staten Island. The uh, the ferries right there. Uh, the 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 Staten Island Yankee Stadium. I know they moved out, but that stadium's beautiful. It's right there. They hold concerts there. The one two old precinct is. Uh, I I don't even know. It's two blocks away, maybe five thousand, six thousand feet away. You know, it's like it's not that far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's uh, it, when they say safe, you know, they go, well, this is going to make our city safer. Our city's safer when we. You know, de Blasio says some things that are just totally uh, or said some things that were completely counterintuitive. Like we the more people we don't send to jail, uh, the safer our city is. You know, the, the more people we don't arrest, the safe it makes us safer. Uh, and, and then I realized that what he means by us is criminals. They are yeah, safer. I mean, you know, they've never been safer. Yeah, that, that's our focus now. That's our focus. Let's. Let's let's stop crime. We're going to stop crime by not arresting people for crime. We're going to stop crime by having zero consequence when it's horrible enough for you to get arrested. Oh, and then when you get arrested and we feel that's hard enough for you to get consequences, jail's not for you. Let's shut down Rikers. Here's the big push. You know, one of my friends recently, a kid I grew up with, you know, we, we kind of fe- fell apart, but he wasn't a bad kid. He was a family man. I don't know what he was into or not, but he gets killed. Uh, he gets uh, basically he has some girl in his house. Uh, she, they do a home invasion. She invites this other guy in. They do a home invasion on the guy's house and they shoot him and they kill him. Um, he dies. The kid gets sent to Rikers. Kid's 20 years old. He's the last person to die in Rikers just now. And I got Errol Lewis and you have all these other people saying, uh, you know, saying basically to close Rikers. That's it. Abolish Rikers Island. And I'm like, how? is abolishing Rikers. I was like, first of all, I don't know how this kid is, is, uh, is supposed to try out for anything. He's a murderer at 20 years old. He's out there doing stick-ups and killing people. He killed a, a husband and a father. He left two young boys fatherless, like, you know, over nonsense, over probably nothing, over probably a thousand dollars, like nonsense, no regard for human life, but whatever, nobody, he's in jail. I'm not saying that anyone should die, but we don't even know the cause of his death and they want to close Rikers. And how is closing Rikers going to help anything? We're going to have the same morons in charge of it. Get rid of it. Get it out of city control. Send it to the feds. We have the same clowns there. Oh, let's give them a new building. That's going to fix it. What is this about? Are they trying to, uh, I don't know, do they think that they're going to uh, privatize it or something and make a bunch of money? 
Or is it probably? Or is this just? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking it might be that, or is it just? It can't be just part of this whole uh, criminal justice reform because they don't believe in that, really. (laughs) I I mean, look at look at the Blasio era. What did he do? He took city-owned property, sold it to real estate developers. Rikers Island would be a nice place for a real estate developer. I mean, you can't change the plane routes, you know, because I know they were looking at that at one point to build super tall buildings. But, you know, it wouldn't shock me today if you moved Rikers Island out of there and guess what? The city just happened. We need money. And they just happened to sell it to some Democratic donors. Maybe, I don't even know, maybe hotel business owners, the same ones that the city pays $600 a night for a $150 room to house the homeless. The same guys that all donated to de Blasio's campaign that thought he had a shot at being the president of the United States. Maybe... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe you know it's just it's a crazy thought you know um you know i'm definitely a conspiracy theorist saying this but you know it's a crazy thing you know it's yeah. you know but that that's exactly where it's going that's where it is i mean yeah. you're you're moving a building nothing's changing and that yeah and, well that they, they wanted to do the five boroughs thing like have one in each uh you know, basically split Rikers into five and put them in neighborhoods, you know, where it won't be so goddamn inconvenient for people to go and, uh, I don't know, I guess, <laughs> visit, uh, you know, and, and so it'll be there to uh, nobody wants that, obviously, in their in their neighborhood, you know, so I mean, they're going to have trouble finding places that want them. It's going to take forever to build them. Why the big rush to close uh, the, you know, one of the most, uh, you know, important. I mean, really, it's it's an important place right now, isn't it? I mean, they, they, I don't know how much. Uh, of course, I mean, I guess there's a lot of empty cells uh, around New York City right now, considering the revolving door that they're doing. I uh, uh, they made some cosmetic changes to that, but it's nothing. It's it's absolutely uh, uh, impossible to to get put in jail now, or or you know, the the whole. There's a woman uh, I was reading about in the post. She had 108 arrests for shoplifting. You know, and out you know so uh i've heard it said that there's a a certain number of criminals that if you actually i mean maybe two or three thousand of them that if you just put them in jail it would it would take care of quite a bit of the crime that's happening absolutely absolutely most of the violent crime you know because you have different criminals right you have burglars you have shooters you have violent criminals right violent criminals shooters drug gangs you know Anything stemming around violence, it's not that many people that are that violent. You know, you could grow up around, I, I grew up around all types of crime. I grew up around all types of criminals, right? Some criminals you actually don't mind. They're not bad guys. They're not a threat to you and your family. You're not worried about them living next door to you. No, you know, yeah. but violent, but violence where you have to worry about your home being broke into. You have to worry about your wife walking down the block, your grandmother being assaulted. Immoral violence. How many people is that? really in new york city it's not a lot it's definitely in the thousands it's not it's not a majority it's not even probably a percentage point of the population you know and and just and just think how incompetent our leadership is jail is the most controlled environment you could possibly have in the world right i could tell you what to do i could tell you when to eat i could tell you when you could go to the bathroom i could keep you locked down i could do all of these i could feed you slop i 
and they can't control that environment. And if they can't control that environment and keep crime out of there and keep assaults down in there, how in God's name does anyone believe that these leftist progressives could figure out this trick box of a city where there's so much stuff coming in and out and create, and they have to be able to maneuver and move. That's the most controlled environment there is, and they can't handle it. Yeah, you know, I, it's 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 amazing to me. The whole thing has gone up in flames now that you put it that way. Yeah, I mean, and that's why you see our city collapsing because these people are incompetent. You take a guy like Bill de Blasio, you take a guy like Eric Adams, you could give them the most profitable Dunkin' Donuts in New York City. You don't have to do anything and it will fail in a month. The way they operating this city is insanity. It's insanity. It, it truly is. You know, like, the, you, you know, it's, it, it, it's so it's so dumb. It has to be intentional. I don't I don't believe that they're I know I believe that they're incompetent, but I don't believe that they're stupid. I, cu- I couldn't agree more. It's all it's all intentional. There's no way that they cannot see what the effect of the policies will be. Going back to de Blasio's very first stuff that he did with Melissa Mark Viverino saying, let's do this. Uh, people can piss in the street now. and We won't arrest them and people can have an open container. and We won't arrest them. And we're going to stop hassling people so much about marijuana. And uh, if somebody jumps a turnstile, you know, we got to stop making such a big deal out of that. You know, that's racist. And, uh, and you know, once you get racism in there as a wedge, you know, forget it. It's going to be, uh, you know, they can do it with anything. So when you look at all those initiatives and you go, well, there's no way that he, that they, you know, they understand how things work. You know, they, they knew that Shira Sheenland there uh, or Sheenland or, or whatever, you know, the judge in the stop and frisk case was uh, wrong, you know, and, and, and that uh, there's no reason to go along with this decision, but he didn't fight it. I mean, for one of the first things he did was uh, drop the, the appeal that the city had in order to like, and so now, you know, you have a, a bunch of people going around saying, well, it was ruled unconstitutional. Well, it was, <laughs> that decision was thrown out and, and uh, you know, it was one guy, one guy's choice to go along with that. And he did, you know, and, and, you know, Sharpton, you know, he got his, uh, I, I, I probably one of his conditions, you know, for backing de Blasio was, had something to do with the Central Park Five. I certainly wouldn't be surprised. They completely rewrite that narrative and, uh, you know, give them, what, $46 million uh, for their pain and, and trouble of uh, uh, everything that happened. It's it all that shit. There's no way you don't look at that and go, oh, this is going to have a bad, bad effect. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you one more that, that bugged me is de Blasio's press conference after the non, uh, non, uh, no bill, you know, down on, uh, Dan Pantaleo, uh, when they decided they're not going to, you know, there's, they're not going to bring charges against him. And, uh, he, he, you know, gets everybody together and he's, you know, we're, he's talking about all the pain and everything. Well, obviously we feel pain. It was, you know, de Blasio had about six words that he said more than any other words. One of them was pain, uh, I, I'm having a hard time remembering because as soon as he left office, I started trying to forget about him. But pain and power, he was always talking about power. It's very powerful, you know, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's what he was doing. And yeah. he said, you know, and I know people are going to want to take to the streets. Just asking you guys not to be violent. He's just basically saying, go out and riot. It's okay. I understand. Absolutely what we get it, you know. Uh, it's... You know, they talk about dog whistles, but that's uh, that's exactly what we were seeing uh, happen. 
so with the intentionality there, and then and uh, probably the presumed intentionality of you know, I don't think Lori uh, Lightfoot in Chicago necessarily knows what the fuck is going on, but uh, you know some of these other ones, you know, <laughs> there's no way they can't see that they're tearing down everything that people work so hard for. What's the what is the point? Yeah, it's 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 destruction, man. Like like you know, you you talk about stop question frisk, right? And I and as a cop and as a kid that grew up in the city, while wow, stop question frisk going on, you know, I'm a big proponent of it. But you can do away with stop question frisk. You want to say, oh, you know what? I don't like people being stopped when they don't commit a crime. You could actually do that, and that model could work in New York City, but you have to be able to police minor crimes. You know, when de Blasio came in, I was still uh, – I was a sergeant at the time. I was doing anti-crime at the time, and I went away from that. I said, listen, don't stop anyone that we see that's suspicious. Only stop them when they commit a crime. I don't care what it is. Littering was still a crime. Pissing was still a crime. Smoking marijuana. Drinking in the street. You know, now I'm watching you for something else. I'm watching you because you're pulling door handles on a car and I'm waiting for you to break in. Or I'm suspecting that you're going to do a burglary. Yeah, now I'm not taking your name down, stopping you and knowing who you are. And I can't keep a database of you any longer to let the other guys know on the other shifts like, hey, this kid was out here at three o'clock in the morning up to no good. I didn't have him doing anything. So I can't do that anymore, but I could still bring him in on on minor crime. So what did they do? What was the next step? They go right after minor crime. Do away with that too. So now it's like, oh, we're going to focus on major crime. Focus on major crime is I'm showing up after you're dead on the street. I'm going to set up a crime scene. I'm going to basically investigate after you're already dead. That's a focus on, on major crime. There's no, You want to focus on major crime, you, you attack the minor crime. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. And it's been proven. It's you know? proven. Proven effective. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't really need uh, – and, and you know what? And it makes logical sense because, you know, a lot of people think, well, how does – you know, I don't think a lot of people might – who listen to this show will think this. But, you know, there, there are people who, who wonder, like, how does stopping somebody from jumping a turnstile, you know, prevent a major crime at all? Well, you find a gun – because people who have a gun are not going to pay for the subway. People who have a gun uh, and, and who commit crimes, they're just not ever going to buy a Metro card. And uh, they don't uh, give a fuck about throwing things in the proper place. And, and they're the kind of people who are going to take a leak wherever the hell they, they feel like it. It's a criminal mindset. And that's something that a lot of people have a hard time getting their mind around. Is that people can't afford the fucking subway. You know, they were trying to sell that. I don't know if you were still here. Uh, I guess you were. Yeah, when uh, Antifa... Yeah, I just left, dude. I, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, left. You know, yeah, you just left in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Antifa did their whole, uh, you know, we're going to have a big rally and be there. You know, remember that shit? They had... Uh, there was a... Yeah. It was online. It was It was just like they're openly, you know, talking about all the, uh, <laughs> all the havoc they're going to wreak and everything. And they kind of did. Yeah. I mean, so why, why should you go pay for the subway, though? Why should you go to the pharmacy now and go pay for your food that you need or go wherever you want? Why should you have to pay if no one else does that? And, and that's what's happening. You're taking good people and you're turning them almost into a criminal element. You know, like, I listen, I was a kid in Brooklyn. Like, I grew up hanging out in the parks. I grew up when I even when I moved to Staten Island, I'm hanging out in parks. I was always getting in trouble. The cops were always there. The minute I started working. The police never bothered me again. It's the craziest thing. It's like, you know, I went to work every day and I never got stopped again and I never got bothered again because I wasn't hanging out with these idiots. 
But here we are, you know, you're seeing these smashing grabs. You're seeing all of these things coming back, the cars being broken into. You're seeing stick-up kids again. Now we just have kids walking around stabbing people. I don't know what the fuck that is, but that's what's going on. And what do you think happens now? Like, when I was a kid, if we got in trouble for any bullshit, you spent the weekend in, in the bookings. You were smoking weed like an idiot. There's 50 in the park. The cop came in. They don't want 50 kids gathering in the park, obviously, because there's going to be fights. Somebody's going to end up dead. You know, you can't have 50 kids hanging out in New York City and not expect trouble. So you would spend the weekend the book and you come out, you'd go back to the schoolyard in the daytime when everyone's playing, when it's OK for you to be in the park and no drugs are being used. And you would tell everyone, I'm not getting arrested again. I spent the weekend in there. I ate bologna and cheese sandwiches. Now. These kids are getting arrested for doing major crime. And they're like, yeah, bro, I was, I was out in four hours. I was out in four hours. Now, the little kid, you got no money. You grew up in the inner city. You got no money. Oh, this kid robbed someone, got $5,000 three times, but he got caught on the fourth time. He only did four hours, and they dropped the case. Guess what all those kids are going to be doing? Robbing people. We're growing criminals under this ideology. And, and it's sick. It's a sick, sick world, man, because there's no adults in the room. Like, the, we, you know, we, we should be the adults at this point. Like, no, you know, you, you see the kids messing around, you yell at them. Hey, that's not what you do, idiot. That's how it was when I was growing up. And we lost that, man. And we're, we're starting to lose morality, too. Because like you said, people don't critically think anymore. Yeah. And if they just go along with what's happening, then, yeah, there's no there's not a trace of a of a conscience to, you know, that kind of thinking. Like, oh, yeah, I can rob people and get away with it. Why not? It's good for me. I mean, it's uh, there's there's a, a just an inherent uh, selfishness to it, and the morality. I mean, like uh, people are demoralized. Period. You know, and COVID broke the back of the city in a way that, like, I was uh, stunned to see. And and talk about not thinking critically. The the number of people in masks, they held on to them as long as they possibly could. Um, they don't want to they you know they get it they get acclimated to it and it's like this it's it's just the way it is now you know and they like it, they think that if uh i i think what it is is that they, they've, they've got the mask on then people know they're not racist in to an extent you know i mean like with that with that ideology that's the i think it's the most important thing anti-racism for that for that ideology it's taking a little that's making it a little bit more uh, theoretical i guess but i mean that is kind of the main thing if uh, you need to know two things or two or three things if you're a democrat and you never have to read the news again uh, or if you have this ideology that's uh, that trump is bad and that uh, racism uh, is you know institutional and uh, inescapable and that uh, maybe something about the environment you know and if you know kind of the position on those things, that's all you need to know. That's why they don't read. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's insane. The, the biggest anti-racists, they're, they're the ones that are worried about racism most are the privileged white kids. And, you know, I'm, you know, the whole time, the whole narrative, you know, since probably 08 when Obama stepped in and the whole thing that the police department's racist and the black community has a thrift with the police department, that's a bunch of bullshit. Let me tell you, so the black community loves the police department. Yeah. You know who hates the police? The black cop. Uh, I'm sorry, the black criminal. They hate the police. Black criminals hate the police. White criminals hate the police. Communities, anybody going to work, anyone trying to raise a family, anyone trying to do the right thing, they love the NYPD. You know, it's not like we're these, these people that come in from all over the country. No, we're all kids that grew up in the inner city poor, 
kids of immigrants, became cops. You know, we're policing our friends' parents, our friends' kids, our friends' grandmothers. And you're going to come in with this bullshit that, oh, you know why? You're so racist. You don't even know it. It's inherently built into your brain. They can't fix mental illness. All these people walking around the city, they don't even know where they are, homeless. They don't even know how to feed or clean themselves from true, true mental illness. We do nothing for them. But you tell people that go to work every day, oh, you're so racist in the back of your head. I know you're married to a black woman and you have black kids, but you, it, deep, deep down, it's, it's because you wanted to colonize and you're a racist. You know, <laughs> deep, deep down. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, and I never born into that bullshit. And, and, and that's what it is, because they can tell you what your reality is. You're, oh, I am racist. It's like, oh, you're racist because you saw five dudes smoking weed and drinking and you walk across the street. That's not racist, bro. That's smart. If you saw five Chinese guys or five Italian kids or five Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, black, whatever they are, you cross that street. That's not racism. That's smart. That's being smart. That's yeah. <laughs> And you can look yeah, at that. People talk about the numbers, you know, like, oh, the 13 percent of the of, of blacks in the city. And yet they, they are arrested at this at this rate or they're stopped and frisked at this rate or they are incarcerated at this rate. Hey, look, you know, uh, it has nothing to do with the percentage of however many people are in the city. It just doesn't. Uh, people don't they don't. Uh, <laughs> They don't organize and say, like, okay, let's see. Well, we're going to go commit 13% of the crime. Like, they could possibly, you know, figure that out. You know, it's not, it's not like white and black people necessarily are committing crimes at the same rate. But, uh, you know, poor people uh, and rich people or poor people and people who, who are not, you know, uh, living in a, in a poor environment, poor neighborhood or whatever. It's, it's more about economics, I guess is what I'm saying, than it is about race. But it doesn't really matter what the cause is. We can talk root causes. It's just, you know, there's a clear and present danger. You're taking care of it regardless. NYPD is the most diverse, uh, as you mentioned before, the most diverse police force on earth. So, yeah, uh, the, that, that argument about racism just doesn't really uh, cut it at all. And, you know, Bloomberg, for a limousine liberal, he would do some plain talk. You know, I th I'm sure you recall when uh, they said, hey, it looks like you're uh, stopping too many... Uh, not enough white people here, you know, with your stop and frisk, you know, percentage wise, there's a little bit more that are black. And he goes, actually, you know, if you look at the percentage of, of who's committing the crimes, we're, we're stopping uh, too many whites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're understopping. We're understopping the criminal. I remember that. Yeah. I, yeah. And he was and, and he was dead accurate. Yeah. I mean, what, what would you do in the 20s when the average criminal was Jewish or Italian? What would you do in the 20s? Would you worry? Would you? You worry about the percentage of who it is. You know, you could take my my police career, for example. I, I grew up in Italian neighborhoods. I policed when I was a cop in a mainly Italian neighborhood. If you look at all my arrests, you look at all my stop, question, frisk, they're kids that look just like me. They talk just like me. They dress just like me. You know why? Because that was the criminal element in that precinct. Who should I have went after? Who should I have been eyeing? Who should have got the brunt of the minor enforcement? Should I went after, should I be jaywalking a little Hasidic kid who has committed zero crimes? Or should I go for the Italian kid, get him on jaywalking because I know he has 15 bags of Coke in his pocket and he's going to sell it to the thing. Should I be bringing him in or should I go after the Hasidic kid so that the numbers are even, yeah, you know? Right. And, that's, and, and that's what, you know, people don't talk about. They talk about racial profiling, but it's always criminal profiling. Your race is just your description. No one in this city was getting stopped because of the color of their skin. That's a bunch of bullshit, you know, and 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 I'll never buy that because, again, like I said, me and my friends, 
I, I've been stopped by the police more than anyone I know as a kid growing up. You know, I hung out in the parks, everybody smoking pot, you know, our Giuliani era. I would be tossed up against the fence and given a summons if the, the sun creaked down. And I was in the park after dark for two seconds because we wanted to finish. We had two points left in the basketball game. I'm like, yo, bro, we're just playing basketball. What the fuck? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's how it was. You know, it was a criminal thing. They were breaking us up because they knew it was nighttime. They didn't want us hanging out and start drinking. And they didn't want to deal with it later. They're like, get the fuck out of here. And and now as, as a kid, I didn't understand it. But as an adult with children and a wife, I completely understand it. Yeah. You're taking care of the working man. That's no, it. Nobody grows up now, you know, and, and so they don't get to that point where they completely understand it. You know, that, that's uh, everybody's encouraged to just think about it in this simplistic, ridiculous way. You know, to say like, oh, racism, that's it. And then they walk around like they're the smart ones. I do wish the voices of blacks in neighborhoods, uh, you know, where they do want police and where they do value police presence. I wish that they would get more uh, of a voice. I wish that that would be raised a little bit because uh, the media, you know, they, they really have abdicated any responsibility to speak for law abiding people uh, of color. Uh, Al Sharpton is the poster child. Al Sharpton, the guy whose business model is when a black youth dies only by the hands of the police, not by violence in any other shape, form or fashion. It could actually be even a racist lynching with a white guy. He's not getting involved in it because there's no money to attack. He needs to attack city money. I, you can't tell me. I, I know this guy like the back of my hand. I've seen him, how he works at eight years old. I don't know if you're familiar with the Yusef Hawkins case, but I was out on my stoop that night when that happened. It happened on 69th Street. Right? No, but this is in Bensonhurst. Oh, okay. Storm over Brooklyn. There was an HBO documentary about it. Okay. Um, but basically what he does is when a black youth dies – and there's city money involved, and there's a way that they could attack city money. He comes in, don't worry, I'm going to get you the media attention, I'm going to get you your lawyer, and I'm going to take half of what you get. But you're going to get millions. Well, like He probably got $23 million in Central Park 5. Eric Garner's family, he took half of them. You know, and, you know, and he, But he's the voice. He's supposedly a black leader when he's, he's, he's a pimp and he's a race hustler. You know, and and that's all he really is. He's a horrible person, you know, and, yeah. and and but that's who the media gives the voice to, you know, and even all politicians. You got Eric Adams hanging out with him. You had Bill de Blasio who put him up as a police expert. I'm like, the guy was it's rumored that the guy was doing hits with the Italian mob in 1980 when he was walking around with his jerry curls and a Sergio Tacchini on. And now he's a police expert. I recall that. Yeah, he came in and he gave he gave uh, Al Sharpton a seat at the table right there. Yeah. Weighing in on stuff. I mean, that's it's it's that's outlandish, and but you know he he's the uh, man. He is he's like the Ray Kroc of the racial uh, grievance industry. You know, I mean, he, he really blew it up and and showed people how it's done. And uh, I mean, his daughter even you know tripped on the sidewalk, thirty grand. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's anything. It's laughable. It's laughable. I mean that that was just a you know. And I think that he set up, uh, man, uh, oh, uh, Sanford, uh, you know, that lawyer, Sanford Rubinstein, you know. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that he got set up uh, to, uh, you know, because they didn't, he was trying, he was uh, 
working with Garner, you know what I mean? He And then Garner's family, once this whole, uh, the rape allegation came out, you know, when now it's just Al Sharpton. And they didn't want anything to do with Sharpton to begin with, Garner's family. So you see that happen and go like, this. there's something mighty convenient about the fact that he was at this, uh, I forget the name, what, what's the name of uh, Sharpton's, uh, you know, National what? Action Network? Yeah. He was, they were at some event for that or something like that. He goes home with some, uh, you know, one, one of uh, the, the kind of women that Sanford Rubenstein likes, you know, these uh, the, like an Amazon black woman. And uh, then she uh, has this the, the weakest rape allegations you've ever heard of, you know, that don't they, they're not going to stand up. They don't hold up. But, you know, he's on the on the cover of the post a couple of days. And uh, next thing you know, Al Sharpton's got it all to himself. Um, it's it's strange when you when you look at, at the way crime works with uh, some of the politicians like Eric Adams now was supposedly part of this negotiation for uh, Andrew Abdullah to turn himself in after he shot this Goldman Sachs uh, employee on the train. And it, it all had something to do with this uh, with this reverend, this, this uh priest a bishop it's a bishop down in uh in in brooklyn you're familiar with this guy i'm sure i'm familiar with them um you know they look a little cuddly together him and the mayor you know yeah. uh they definitely look a little soft on each other um i'll leave it at that but you know not that i care you're into whatever you're into but you know it's definitely like if there's a personal relationship there that should be exposed because i i'd love to know you know my i have a big problem with the violence intervention program you know, uh, and, you know, and supposedly he's a violence interventor, right? So basically we're taking city money. We're paying criminals to stop crime, uh, which, but there's no metrics for sex. For, um, there's no metrics for success. Um, I see what I had in my mind. Um, there's, only, there's, no, <laughs> there's no metrics for success. So we don't even know what they do. Every precinct that they've been implemented in, crime has rose. Um, and I don't know, like, do they need to be vaccinated or is it just the police? You know, how, how are they picked? It, can a white guy, can an Italian guy be in? Can I be in the violence intervention? Because I'd like to do that. I'd like to just call up a hotline that completely unchecked and say, hey, I stopped the shooting today and get a paycheck. City doesn't know how much money we make. We don't know how they're paid, why they're paid, why they're hired, nothing else. And so if there's a personal relationship with this guy, I think that city should know about that. Violence, it's 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 uh, violent interrupters, and is that one? And and they are they they supposedly are uh, out there. I mean, like you said, it's criminals. Maybe you have do you have to have a criminal record? Sometimes I've heard of these things before where they take these like they try to make it a mentor program or something where you have uh, people who have been incarcerated for a number of years and then they get out and then they're going to mentor <laughs> these ex cons are going to mentor these criminals in the making, you know, who are. Uh, and, and show them the ropes and then probably learn a couple of things too. get back into the game. It's, it's a way of like sort of bringing them back into the criminal community, I think, so that they can, uh, you know, it's because it, it's hard for an ex-convict, you know, when they get out, they've got no job, they got nothing to do. Hey, we're going to we're going to, you know, while we apprentice you back into uh, being a, cri a criminal, you know, uh, and here's some, you know, obviously you, you're going to be interacting with criminals. Here's a paycheck. And to me, the nonprofits are when I when I look at it, it just there's a ton of them here in New York City. It's ridiculous how much city money goes to these people. Uh, it's just flushing. It's worse than flushing it down the toilet. It's throwing it in the toilet and it doesn't all go down. It doesn't help anybody. 
Yeah. So the violence in the yeah the violence intervention program doesn't help to stop crime. It actually grows it. You know, um, most that, of the and, most and of the, by the numbers, right? Like you said, yeah, this is by the numbers. Wherever it's been implemented, crime has risen. And the people that are employed that you don't know about as violence interventors that you have no stats, they're getting arrested. They're directly involved in shootings and drugs and all this other stuff. They, again, I'm just going to make the point. I was a cop. I did 18 years. I served my city honorably. I was by all means a good citizen. If you talk to any of my neighbors, any any people that ever worked for me, with me, above me, you know, I was a good guy. But I, I couldn't work because I, I wasn't vaccinated, but they have no requirements. They're getting paid. You know, the only requirement for that is you have to be a piece of shit. You have had to had went to jail. And I don't even know how you get that position. So we have violence interventions, city money getting thrown to that nonprofit, crime risen. You have the homeless. You have the homeless thing, right? Two billion dollars, two billion dollars a year of city money. What happens? We grow homeless people. We don't help anyone. We leave these people out here to starve and die. And, you know, and and always my whole thing is if you're going to help somebody, why are we not helping these people that are mentally ill and starving on the street that need mental treatment? But we're we're helping able bodied criminals. You know how we help able bodied criminals by giving them a job, by telling them this is how it is. If you're not going to act correct in society, you're going to be in jail. That's it. It's that simple. Yeah. couple of nights in jail, you, you'll learn your lesson. I, being a gangster is not that fun. And if you keep going, then it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. you know? Totally. totally, yeah. A certain number of people are going to offend no matter what. You know, it just doesn't matter. The minute they get out, they're back in. You know, some of them are junkies, and that's a different thing. But uh, it, it does get to be hard to have the kind of compassion that you want to have for these homeless people who are crazy when, you know, they really get the run of the city they there's nothing in place to deal with them all that thrive initiative money gone i guess a, a billion dollars or so uh, on, it was 800 on, it was 860 billion i'll always say it was more because it always got refunded every had, every wait, year a, same 800, budget. 860 million right i'm sorry i said yeah, million. Yeah. 860 million yeah yeah close to a million a billion right <laughs> Yeah, close to a billion. Yeah, close to a billion. But when we, a million was two, a lot, remember when a million was like yeah. a lot of money? Now it's yeah. if there's not a B there, it's nothing. But but the actual number of our budgets two billion dollars a year homeless services. Yeah, and I I don't know what they do. I, I don't think anyone in New York City does. And it's funny you, you you just brought up like drug addicts, right? What are we doing for them? We're growing drug addicts now. Did you see the sign on the subway? Oh my god! Yes, yeah. It basically invites people to start small. Do drugs with with a partner, you know, and uh, start small and then work your way up from there. Why are they? That's exactly the kind of thing that 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 does not need to be said, you know, and, and getting rid of the stigma and the shame of drug addiction and all that stuff. Hey, look, man, that's what brings people in. That's what helps them hit bottom. You know what I mean? They they, they hit a certain point And, and uh, yeah, I, I assume that's what you're talking about. Right. The, the one that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fentanyl. Do it with someone you trust, you know? Yeah, do it with someone. Don't don't have shame in it. You know, and, and what are you doing? You're leading these people on a path to hell, you know, and and, and you're growing it. You know, you and again, it's in more city funds to nonprofits. Oh, here's a safe place for you to shoot up. Like I listen, I get it. I, I I've had friends that have been drug addicted. These aren't most of them aren't bad people. Things happen, but this isn't helping anybody. I don't I don't want to see my cousin who's a drug addict. 
end up dead in the sidewalk in the winter of New York City because we're telling them, oh, don't have any shame in this. No, have shame in it, bro. You're, you're dishonoring your parents. You're dishonoring your family. You're, you're, not, you're not who you're supposed to be. You know, you, you were brought up to be strong. Be, be a strong man. Like, you know what I mean? Do what you, you were brought on this earth to do. Like, there should, you know, we should be uplifting these people with hard love, not soft love and killing them. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're leading them to hell. It's it, and you know what, and it's contempt is what it actually is. It's not even when you say when you say like the 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 warm gentle hand, you know, is not what it appears to be. It's nothing but contempt. It's fuck you, man. You'll uh, go ahead, do your drugs. You know, we get a lot of money to. Uh, I mean, even with the cost of printing up that poster, you know, I mean, down to that, the yeah. kind of money that it takes to 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 have the problems that we have, and like you said, to grow them. There's a little spark there, and they got let's you know fan the flames uh you know the it's funny that you that you mentioned that about the the mental health uh of of you know police right the the, the institutional racism you don't even know it's there how easily that they, they can read that you know uh psychoanalyze yeah, yeah. Uh, an entire police force um yeah you know based on nothing based on numbers that don't even make sense and then uh but you know, on the other hand, they they fail to see exactly uh, what's what's behind all all the addiction and all that stuff, uh, and and think that oh the, well these people need our compassion and that's their way of doing compassion. Uh, you know, De Blasio talked a lot about safety when it was uh, when with COVID too, and all the safety talk. How appalling was it for NYPD officers when he said, "All right, well, obviously racism is the biggest problem." centuries these people have been suffering and becoming angry and they want to go out and, and protest and raise their voice about this and this is in 2020 uh, after the George Floyd thing uh, and, and you guys had to go out there and just take it on the chin night after night after night after day uh, you know and deal with that and, and handle them with kid gloves uh, you know a lot of times and you know just pray to God nobody pointed a phone at you uh, I, I suppose you know to, to it, make it look as if you know you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. I mean, what? It's it's a, no wonder that so many people retired. But you you know you stuck it out through that. What was it? What was it like? That was infuriating. I mean, the the you know you have your useful idiots in New York City. You have the young privileged white kids running around thinking they're fighting the Nazi police department, made up of mainly minorities and poor immigrant kids, but whatever you want to label us as all Nazis, that's fine. You know, so you had those useful idiots, but you had also mainly paid protesters. You know, I would go out there, you know, I was a lieutenant. I had no badge number. You'd have these three or four white kids. They come up to you with yellow vests on a yellow neon hat. I forget what it said on it, like something like not press, but something like that. They'd come up, they'd get your name. They'd write it on a notepad. They'd get all the cops names. They take photos of it. Then they would go on the radio they would go on a radio and all of a sudden, here you see cameras coming and professional paid agitators. All these people, Ohio, all this. And like, this is stuff that like, again, minor crimes, right? They're acting disorderly. They're blocking pedestrian traffic. They're causing a crowd to form. They're blocking vehicular traffic. All of these things, we could have stopped this in two hours, but we let this go on night after night after night as they ran around and terrorized everyone in New York City. And we were told to stand down. 
Stand down unless legal tells you it's okay. So we, I couldn't police any minor crimes. I couldn't do anything. You have to stand there and watch them try to make this, this statement that was bullshit. You know, it's like, oh, something horrible happened across the other side of the country. Should I judge every black person because of one black person did something that you're not okay with? I'm not okay with what they did. I don't like what he did. So now you guys are awful. And again, I'll go back to Chauvin again. What, whatever you want to say about it or not, how the fuck did we determine that was about the guy's race? How the fuck did we determine that he did that because George Floyd's black? How do you know he wouldn't have did it to my kid? How do you know? Like, how did how did that? Where did that ever get proven? And it was fact from the first second. Yeah. You know, it's self-evident so, like, the fact that he is black. That's all it takes. Which is bullshit. Yeah. Which is bullshit, you know? And I'm like, you know, and and like, so that whole time, you know, and then I I know how to stop this. I would lock everyone up on the fucking street. You're disorderly. We'll get a big orange net. We'll wrap the whole block. Sorry, you were just out shopping that night. Sorry, buddy. You're doing two nights in jail. We're going to process you. After the two nights, you're going to be released very slowly back into society. And you're going to be tired, hungry. You're not going to have the willpower to go back out and go protest. Same way we did the Republic National Convention right in 2004. Four years prior in 2000, they like burned Seattle to the ground. Same exact way. They came here. They said they were going to do it here. They didn't do shit. It, bro. We locked them up. We threw them on the fucking PS76. They sat there for two days. They came out. They went fucking home. They went back to wherever the fuck they were from. And they were like, I ain't fucking around. They don't fuck around in New York. And, and you would trickle them out. And that is why. That's why you guys are racist. That's why you get the racist tag right there. It's because you, you, know, you handle a problem like that. And they don't want you handling a problem like that. They want to be able to come in and just, uh, you know, Hey, look, when we need to destroy some shit, you guys need to not be in the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, what are you guys taking initiative for and doing this job for? Uh, what do you think? You're, you're here to, like, protect people who, who obey the law and shit. Uh, the, that whole curfew thing, you know, I think that they were you guys arresting people for breaking curfew if they weren't if they were protesting. I, I mean, on the second night, he pushed it back, right? He started at like 11 o'clock at night and then he pushed it back again. And, you know, and yeah, they were getting arrested. But, dude, they were doing two hours in jail. Yet people get arrested up three times the same day. Wow. So so like like you were just saying, like, oh, like you, you brought up a point earlier about how how like, uh, you know, the majority of violent criminals, there's not that many of them. So, but when they're out, they cause havoc, right? It's the same thing with these protesters, right? You got the people that are real fucking nuisances those are the ones that are acting up, that are getting arrested. And we're getting, we're arresting them three fucking times. So as the water is coming in, we're just throwing more of it back into the ocean. Yeah, here you go. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just come fuck with us even more. Let's create more chaos instead of just holding them in. And the mayor could have fully made that call. I don't give a shit about bail reform. I don't care about any of that bullshit. They violate every other fucking law in the book. OEO law, all this other shit. Oh, but you can't you can't hold somebody for two days before they see a judge. You can't go into a precinct and only have one arrest processing machine and be like, oh, sorry, bro. You know, I don't know what happened. It's just, you know, uh, the computers went down. I don't know. Like, but at that time, that's a fucking safety issue, man. And they let that fucking city burn. It was disgusting. It was a horrible time to be a cop. I fucking I honestly at that point, that was the end of my career. I just didn't realize it yet. I just didn't want to know. 
that it really was. I, 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 I couldn't believe what was going on and I couldn't believe the fucking bullshit narrative with the black squares and all these fucking people that have no black friends, that don't integrate, they don't associate with fucking anybody and they're anti-racist. Get the fuck out of here. You don't have it. You never even grew up in the city. You're not even fucking from here. You don't know nothing about the city. You know, I went to school with everybody. I grew up with everyone. My, my, my friends married together. My friends look like the United Nations and you're going to come in here and be like, oh, yeah, you guys are fucking racist. Get the fuck out. And, and, and again, like I said, whatever you want to say about Chauvin's fine. How the fuck did we determine that it was because he was black? How no, do you mean, know he didn't do that to everybody? Had two more guys, two more people in the car who just got out of the car, gave their information, went about their day. They were fine. You know, I mean, yeah. now they granted they weren't the one who passed the bill. Granted, they weren't the one who ate a ton of fentanyl and, uh, you know, maybe a couple of other factors, you know, but. Uh, they at the same time, they're still black, right? You know, I mean, like, how come yeah. you're not on the ground with a knee in their neck? Uh, it's uh, ridiculous. I mean, the body cam footage showed that. And when you look at the body cam footage, you go, oh, wow, no wonder Keith Ellison wanted to keep this under wraps. Uh, it's good. It completely destroys the whole uh, racial case. And the fact that that's the thing that that set all the, the, the international, you know, like you said, a lot of them paid protesters and a lot of them, you know, uh, these useful idiot white kids who are you know anybody you know at a young age you don't really know what the fuck's going on you love to rebel you think you know you want to do the right thing be on the right side of history you're so idealistic and you think that you're doing the right thing you know so you, you can kind of you, you forgive a little bit of that but at the same time you have to look and see look at the destruction you're doing in black neighborhoods you know these cities don't just come back uh the, these these neighborhoods you know where they where they did uh, destroy so much stuff. Some of these cities, are, you know, they're set back ten years more. Uh, the the amount of uh, monetary damage, and then you look at the the higher insurance costs that it's going to take, you know, in order to to have a business there, and you know the number of people who just move, and and uh, the businesses that don't reopen, and it's a blight. And it just really between that and COVID broke the back of the U.S. in a way that like it's it really is shocking. I I feel as if Trump's presidency was actually three years, you know, because like once March happened, you know, he, the the uh, whoever was running that whole thing was running the show, and and you know the it had already happened. That was a coup, you know. It it absolutely uh, it these are times that that you live in. You go, I don't even know how to uh, begin to process this because it, I mean, like, how do you even dig your way out of it? I'm glad that, I mean, lucky for you, you know, that you're in a state where uh, there's some shared sense of sanity, uh, I would think, you know, among, you're, you're able to find that. And I certainly have friends here uh, who are who, who are like minded. But, you know, it's it's hard to see how we get back to any kind of sane place for me. Listen, you got to you got you got to question the liberal mindset, right? Because I'm down here now. I'm down in Florida. I have friends that voted for Bill de Blasio. I have friends that voted for Eric Adams. I have friends that voted for these progressives in city council. Guess where they're going to move? Guess where they're coming? Oh, I'm going to Florida. I'm doing this. Like, why? Why? This is your utopia. You voted for for this, right? You you didn't want any racist cops. You didn't want anyone to get stopped for minor crimes. You wanted all of these things. You wanted the strictest COVID policy in the world. You like you you had no problem. You saw Hitler. You saw Hitler in World War II, and you were like, you know what? 
he was pretty smart. He was trying to do the right thing, you know. He, you know, yeah, he was wrong because he killed some people. But if he just wouldn't have killed people, it wouldn't have been that bad. He was trying to protect his people, you know, from disease and all that other stuff. And like, but you'll get the like, and it's just moving everywhere. And the narrative and and just the voices is is the, the whole conversation is being shifted. Like we just said about that video, it's a fact. It doesn't matter what it is. As soon as that video comes out. Because one person told you that those three kids were trying to help a girl that got raped or sexually assaulted. That's what happened. And it justifies their actions. When if you just reverse color, then it's a horrible thing. And it's like, well, can't you think around the box that, hey, listen, and I'm not saying, listen, if at the end of the day, they didn't, they did wind up, that guy did wind up raping someone and they prevented it. Maybe you don't throw the book at them. But you arrest them and you put the clear message out as a leader that, hey, this is not acceptable behavior in the city. Yes, we want you to intervene, but you do not hold someone that's not fighting back and hit them in the face. We wouldn't want that. Our police to do that. We don't want anyone to do that. Yeah, it's and that's be, not true. You have to be able to verify that there was some sort of a crime there, too. I mean, like, a, you, yeah. you can't just take their word for it. And. You know, on top of that, you know, it's it, you got to get into this whole idea of like, uh, well, you know, like you said, when you reverse the race, I don't see that that little bit of the video and go, OK, I have the whole, you know, whatever. I mean, I, like I saw it on tape and you're going to tell me that's not a hate crime. They're holding it. it OK, I mean, it very well may not be a hate crime. It very well may not be a hate crime. But uh, and because, you know, prosecuting a hate crime like that, it's, it turns into a whole different deal. But, you know, it's funny how once they had hit the guy a couple of times, suddenly they're not going to uh, be holding him then when the cops get there. You know, they don't now, now they can't be connected to it. And so, you know, I mean, like they have an assault right there on video. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of question how committed they were to the idea that they were taking a rapist off the streets or something now. But about non-intervention, uh, I'm sure you saw the video, a woman on the train, uh and, and she sits too close to the wrong person, starts to get up and move when this uh, there's there's kind of a crazy individual on the train with this really an ex. I think it was an ex gender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it it might have been a two spirit. I'm not really sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like just being insane. And then like she starts to get up, grabs her by the hair. And uh, won't let her move, just, you know, holds her captive and then stands up and, and basically just controls this woman for a minute or two and then, you know, goes about its crazy uh, business. And people say, wow, nobody got involved. Nobody. Got yeah, because if you do, you know, you open yourself up to all kinds of liability, all kinds of blame, all kinds of, uh, you know, your whole life could fall apart. Just like that woman in Central Park, they called her the Karen, you know, when the guy is the one trying to enforce the, you know, the leash law. Remember that? Uh, yep. So, and, and she lost everything. She did fuck up by apologizing, unlike the bagel Karen down on the uh, Lower East Side or Brooklyn or wherever that was. So, uh, you know, when people are not intervening like that anymore, like a woman's, you know, being held down by the hair, the Post is using the word tug, tugged her hair, you know. To sort of, they always they're always trying to soften everything when it comes to criminals and and crazy people on the train in particular. Uh, I mean, like, where do we go from uh, from from here when you know they they really don't want anybody to make? I, I think the non-intervention thing is part of the plan too. I mean, they really sort of scare people off of the idea. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. And and it's it's 
I don't know that that's bad. You know, like normally, I mean, like if you see a crime and and you can do something about it, you should. Now, the last time I saw that rewarded was, and you'll recall this, there was a guy, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that, that, that they used these words. The guy said that uh, there was somebody who was trying to walk away with a woman's kid or something like that. A guy got involved and did a choke, a reverse choke or something like that. They kept using, they used the word choke. And he actually they, choked him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was a hero. Absolutely. Again, mixed messaging. Always mixed messaging. You know, the whole choke thing's a bunch of bullshit to me. A lot of my friends do jujitsu. I've done it a few times. You could control choke someone. It's a, it's a natural instinct when you're fighting. You want to say the police can't do it. You want to say you're going to play this deadly game. I got a gun on me. You could do whatever you want to me, but I can't touch you. I can't put pressure on your chest. I can't choke you. I can't do all these things. But I, you know, again, like I grew up in a different New York City, man. I grew up around men. I grew up in a city of crime. You know, I, I'll never forget. I was a little kid on the train with my mother. We were going to see my grandmother. She lives in Sunset Park. And my mother had a butcher knife on her. Two homeless guys come over, start hassling my mother. Give me some money. Give me some money. Little, little black guy, little skinny black guy, dressed up in a suit, got his little like briefcase with him, stands up. He's like, hey, get the fuck away from her. Get the fuck out of here. The train, the train opens and he throws him off. And they were both bigger than him. He was a little guy. Yeah. Right? But that's morality, man. And and I get what you're saying. Yeah, you're going to be the bad guy. I know what's going to happen. Like me, I ain't going to sit there and beat him. If he raises his hands to me, I'll fucking punch him right in his face. But I'm definitely going to be like, get your fucking hands off of her. Blah, 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 blah. Because that's what needs to happen. There needs to be strong men in society. And it's more about going after strong men than anything else, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you don't want those guys. You don't want those guys that are going to question your authority when you tell us all, oh, you got to wear masks. Go tell a whole neighborhood of strong guys, yeah, you got to wear a mask wherever you go. They're going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. And, and like, that's what they don't want. They don't want any pushback. They don't want anything. And at the same time, they don't want it. The police numbers are at the lowest point in history. They're not even fucking disclosing the real numbers. There's no cops on the train. And they're discouraging any men from being men. And now this is what happened. Chaos ensues. You know, that little guy, he's a little guy, man. He was much smaller than I am now. He wasn't a muscular guy. He was dressed up in a suit. He was ready to throw down to protect my mother, who he didn't know from a hole in the wall. Yeah. You know? And, and then <laughs> it probably took, probably took these guys completely off guard, too, you know, uh, that uh, that they were getting some pushback. Yeah, absolutely. It's a train card. It was just me and my mother, these two homeless guys. And, and you know, and, and he stood up and, and it, it quelled the situation. Right. And that's what you need. You know, and even now, like you said, like the cops that are trained now, they're not cops like me. I had cops sending me messages on on Instagram and Facebook telling me those people are heroes, supervisors in the police department, the kids holding the guy beating him. I'm He's like, me, really? I swear, I was like, this is the problem when you have soft cops who didn't grow up in the city, who don't know how to think around things. You know, it's not a good message, man. You're a cop. You want to show up to that scene when someone's pummeled and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Now, you know, good I'm, job, not saying the guy didn't des- <laughs> I, I'm not saying the guy didn't deserve a punch in the face if he raises his right. hands to you or if he fights. I'm not saying that at all. Do what you got to do. But once he's subdued, he's subdued. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's. A, I'm all for throw a punch. Give him a punch. Yeah, and and these kids, 
probably not even violence interrupters uh, on on the payroll. You know, just doing it for fun, just doing it for the love. Just, just. Try. Well, they might be auditioning. They might be auditioning. <laughs> you know, they're on the run now. They're on the run now. They still haven't turned themselves in. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're doing a great job. Then great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they should become. I, I I keep thinking maybe I'll become an auxiliary uh, cop. You know, just <laughs> it'd be the worst one in the city. But uh, I don't have the guts. Let's face it, I just don't have the guts. I uh, I'd I really, uh, you know, they Pete Panuccio when when I had him on, uh, I've had him on a number of times. He's a good friend of the show. He he would say that uh, say if if you have if you see a black guy beating up an Asian guy or an Asian guy and a black guy fighting, and you try to jump in and help the Asian guy, you know, I mean, you don't know what the hell just happened, right? You have no Absolutely. idea. So like unless you see something developing, you know, you mean like it's you need the context, I guess. But really, have you seen this that a lot of people who break up fights end up getting shot as well? You know, I, mean, I, I guess it all kind of depends on where the fight is. If it's outside an illegal uh, nightclub or something, you know, uh, then you're uh, you seem a lot more likely to get shot. But uh, what, what is uh, that impulse, you know, to break up a fight is different, isn't it? Yeah, but my my listen. My uncle Chicky got killed on the streets of Brooklyn. Uh, so my uncle Anthony. All my uncles have nicknames, but he got killed on the streets of Brooklyn, breaking up a fight between two of his friends. One pulled out a gun. He jumped in the middle. Uh, gun went off, and you know, ended his life. Left two sons behind. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and you know, and and and, and 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 you know, but the bottom line is they they were. They were men. I'm, it's a different, you know, like it, I grew up again. I grew up around criminals. Old ladies walk down the block unbothered. Women walk down the blocks with their children unbothered. I like what we're seeing today is disgusting. It's immor- It's immoral. I just watched a video to, like two seconds ago, right before I came on here. Young kid walks up to a 16 year old girl, 16 year old black girl walking in a store, sticks her in the back with a knife and walks away. What the fuck is that? What is that? And and like, if you're around, like I, I'm, you know, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm, I don't know. to me, I, I, it's easy. Maybe it's easy for me. I don't know. I, I, you know, I've I've been in a million physical confrontations, but oh, it's oh, something yeah. has to be done. Well, you have some training, and but I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't intervene. I would, I would, I would intervene if something if something was really fucked up. Then yeah, I would definitely get involved if it's. Uh, if it's something that, uh, yeah, if I understand what's going on, I can see it and I and and, and everything. Sure, absolutely. I don't. I've, I don't think I've ever. I've never stood by and watched something like that happen. I. Uh, I almost uh, my yeah. smart mouth almost got me, you know, beaten to death one time. But it, you know that had nothing to do with any of that. Uh, yeah, but, but but maybe that is intervening. Like I'm not saying you have to physically intervene, but pick up the phone, call nine one one, yell something. Do something. Right, right. I'm not saying like I'm not saying to jump in the middle and get killed. I'm not saying that or get beat up or or confront someone that's a huge physical threat to you. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying do something. Don't pull out your fucking phone and record and be like, I'm going to get this on Twitter first. So my video goes viral. Uh, You know, do something. Very, very childish to to think of it that way. Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of fucking, uh, you know, hits and a lot of likes and a lot of uh, and a lot of shit's going to going to roll my way after that but um you know you were talking about uh, trying to get rid of men 
And I think that's what's happening with the, uh, I mean, look, I mean, it used to be where parents had to worry about their kids getting into heavy metal music, right? I don't know how old you are, but yep. when I was a teenager, I was like, my God, that devil music, we want to make sure that they don't get into that. Now they got to worry about the guidance counselor giving them uh, hormone blo- or, or, you know, puberty blockers, you know, and, and talking your son into cutting his dick off, you know, and it seems like that's part of that larger agenda, too, you know, of like, Man, we gotta like really pussify and and con- sexually confuse as many people as possible and get them when they're young and uh, and that's I'm not convinced that the vaccine doesn't have some kind of a you know it's not gonna have a weakening effect you know on on people physically uh, overall over the years too they they really come on so many prongs uh, and and you know it it does manifest in all these real life issues you know that that like uh, they're they're way ahead man I mean like their their ideology. And their way of picking everything apart, this critical thing, shit, it's, it's, uh, you keep pointing the finger at everybody, nobody's looking at, uh, at what's, what's actually going on, you know, larger picture, how this whole thing is like, uh, it's just, it's rooted, it's like roots, you know, the small things come out, and then you see all this shit. And New York City, can you think of a better place, uh, like a, a place that is more, fertile to grow that kind of thing the new york city and and where you know it, it comes out in more ways no yeah no that's it's 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 it, listen it probably always was an immoral place right it was just it, it was a little bit more moral there was more there was more god in those communities as diverse as it was they were still broken up that like you know like they, they say diversity is our strength but they break up true diversity right they break up like the strong ethnic neighborhoods right they break up the strong italian the strong irish the strong black the strong asian right and they want us to all integrate and that's not actually strength and that's not actually diversity that's everyone that's weakness you know that's divide and conquer mentality yeah and it's 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 a total demoralization it's a total demoralization of society they tell us that men and women are a social construct you know i have cousins that are gay right i have 100 cousins i have cousins that are gay they were gay when i was five years old bro I knew they were gay. They, it, it was just, it just is what it was. They liked boys. I like girls. I don't know why I like girls. I don't know why they like boys. They were born that way and it's fine. Where was all of this then? How come I didn't know any transgenders then? You know, and that's a social construct. That's Transgender social construct. is the social construct. Because I'll tell you right now, my gay cousins, they're still men. They'll kick your fucking ass. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Yeah, you can call them whatever you want. I guarantee you won't call them anything, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I see guys walking around that are clearly gay and clearly in a hundred times better shape than me, always. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and more ready for trouble as well. I mean, like, a, yeah. what better place to be a homo than in New York City? Why do you need to go to this uh, idea of transgender? The whole thing got started when Obama made that EO, or it wasn't an EO, it was like a dear colleague thing. All the schools are going to have to do this. He started the whole thing right there. He sets it, you know, like it all comes from the top. And and that was the order, you know, the marching order there. You know, hey, we need more trans people to be discriminated against because gays can get married now. So, hey, we got to move on and get some new victims. You know, they always need some new victims. And now uh, a lot of the victims are coming up here and committing crimes. I'm talking about the immigrants, the people who come across the border, the people who, who are just flooding across, and they do do crimes. I'm sorry. you know, And that's why they, they had to vilify Trump so hard for saying some of them are rapists and some of them are, you know, they're not sending their best. They're criminals and stuff like that. It's not just about Mexicans. It's about having an open border 
to the entire world. Come in, uh, regardless. You know, give us your tired, your hungry, uh, people with a criminal record, uh, people who are mentally ill. We will take care of them. It's a, it's, that's like I said, it's just another way that they're getting it done. And uh, you know, it's. I, I sort of feel like this whole country, anybody who sees what's going on and opposes it, is like you guys uh, trying to police the riots in 2020. You know, like dumping water back into the ocean, you know, just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. How do we bail this thing out? It gets pretty discouraging. And then Netflix will refuse to kowtow to their employees over the Ricky Gervais special. And you go, man, maybe there's that's a little hope, right? <laughs> there's signs of life. Hope. In the country. Yeah. I mean, listen, Joe Rogan's still on the radio, right? Joe Rogan, who all of a sudden became a right wing conspiracy theorist when he's a lifelong leftist conspiracy theorist, right? Like, guy loves aliens, right? I, I always liked him because he was just a clear, I, I don't agree with him on, on a lot of things. I mean, I'm starting to agree with him more now, um, but you know, he's, he's starting to agree with you more, right? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, was always more to the left of me, but I always liked him because he's an open guy, has an open opinion. If you disagree with him, you're not an awful person. He doesn't want you dead, right? Like, it's like, so I was like, but like, so, you know, I'm like, oh, he's getting, you know, the fact that he's still able to talk and, and speak truth, that gives me a little hope, uh, but not much because they're going after him. They're going after anybody that, that's talking, you know, yeah. um, and it, it's it's a scary time, man. It really is. It's a, it's a scary time, you know, and then like you talk about our borders, I don't, you know, there's only very few people that will even talk about the borders. They won't even talk about it. But how many people did you see with a fucking Ukrainian flag? On their fucking Facebook, or oh, let's go secure Ukraine's borders. What what the what about us? What about my fucking kids? What about your kids? Like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I you know, I don't even know. And 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 they're talking about like no critical thinking. You know, why did they even? No one even asked the question. Why did Putin go into Ukraine? Why did he go in? Nobody even asked. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. No. Nobody even asks the most simple, basic question. It's because he's trying to restore the, the, you know, Russia to the former Soviet Union. Something that looks more like that. He's trying to retake all. His, no, he's, it's, you know, yeah. Obviously, we goaded him into that, and uh, you know, have been harassing him over there, and and uh, you know, the, claiming that yeah, maybe Ukraine will be in NATO. Take that off the table. You know, they don't want peace. They got a lot yeah. of they got a lot of bodies uh, buried over there anyway. And, uh, you know, it's like the last thing they want is uh, you know, the end of that war. They want that going on forever and ever. But the, you're right. They don't ask about it because they love marching orders. That means they don't have to read. If you can get that flag. Yeah. Yellow and blue. OK, I'm good. It's just <laughs> wow. If and we they, if we were getting invaded by Trudeau, you think Ukraine's having American flags all over their Facebook and they're going to donate to the America? Like you, you people are a bunch of fucking idiots. Like it's 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 amazing. Like it's a, it, you know. And I'm not for war. I'm not. Like I don't. I don't. You know. If if it could be avoided, let's avoid it, man. But you're not even concerned about what the fuck is going on here, and you're worried about this country that, by all means, is a criminal enterprise. You know. It's like. <laughs> I'm like, hey, listen, I don't want to see anybody suffer. I don't want to see hungry kids, but we got a lot of them here. Yeah. We got a lot of problems right here. You know, where our borders are wide open. We got a ton of problems here. You know, there's people suffering just as bad here. Um, and, and we're not focused on it. We had a president, you know, for four years who, you know what? People will debate on whether or not he got anything done and, 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 there are, and whether there were things he should have done and didn't do. Okay, fine. But he set a tone. That was America first. And that is, 
look, I mean, it's just vital to the country right now. That was something people were so starved to hear and something that they really responded to. And that's why you had 30,000 people coming out to see this guy, 60,000 people coming out to see this guy. Joe Biden, the most uninspiring career bureaucrat politician on earth, you know, and on his last legs, you know, to boot. And now, you know, he, he uh, we're supposed to believe that, that this guy got more votes than uh, than the first black president ever to uh, have the office. It's just it, and, and there's so much shit we have to swallow because, uh, I mean, the, so many, these are big lies. I mean, these are big lies. January 6th, big lies. They're so easy. They're so easy. Yeah. It's so easy. Oh, we shut down the vote in the middle of the night. Why? Why was it just in the states that that he was losing it? Yeah. And how did we get hundreds of thousands of votes the minute it walked up? Don't ask that question. You ask that question. You're crazy. You're crazy. It's like, no, I need to I need to know. Like, oh, oh, years that I had people I actually had these like leftist people telling me, oh, well, in George Washington in Zara, they had to get the horses with all the votes. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm talking about right now. When did we ever shut the fucking vote down in the middle of the night? You're talking about George Washington, like yeah. you know, and yeah, and you know, big big lies. January sixth, it's once have- every. It's, uh, the election is once every four years. Okay, pull a fucking overnighter. You know, just yeah. do it for your do it do it. We've never done it before. We've never just like oh man, it's getting kind of late. Let's call it a night. You know that that just doesn't happen. And and as you were saying about January sixth too. Yeah, no, January 6th. I mean, look, look at that. Look at look at what happened. That was the first true police murder I've ever seen caught on camera. That was a murder. Uh, a woman who was committing a minor crime, trespassing, which to me is still questionable because there's video of them letting the, them buy the building and video of them letting in the building. So I don't remember if she was breaking something. So maybe she did some criminal mischief, right? Minor crime could be a violation, could be a misdemeanor. Maybe she didn't even do that. I don't know. But she gets shot in cold blood without a weapon in her hand, which she's not a danger to this man's life. He has no justification whatsoever. And he's fucking hailed as a hero. That is no, I'm a police officer. I would never shoot her in that situation. If 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 you support that, you basically support me going on the street during the 2020 riots and offing people as they're fucking breaking into stores, as they're looting. And I would say I'm way more justified to do it in that situation than he was at that moment in time. You know? And you got all your and you got all these fucking coward politicians, right? Or who, who's a war hero? Who's this? They were hiding under their chairs like little girls. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to send our kids out to war. No problem. You send our money overseas. No problem. You make your big fancy speeches. You get a couple of idiots that the, you know, you have security guards, the Capitol Police. Oh, the Capitol Police. They're fucking security guards, bro. Like, you know, they're not cops. They're security guards. They let these fucking people in. What are you worried about? Was anybody got shot? No, Ashley Babbitt got shot. That was the worst thing that happened on January 6th. And nobody fucking talked about it. And, and you know, and we still have all this bullshit. It was an insurrection. It was an, no, 2020, that whole summer after the Floyd those were fucking insurrections. Yeah, that's an insurrection. And that happened outside the White House. You know that. Uh, Absolutely. The president had to go to a fucking bunker. You know that everything that they say. I mean, they're masters of projection, but everything they're saying about the insurrection happened there that night. Twenty. You know, whenever they did that, twenty twenty, uh, in at outside the White House. I think it was May twenty twenty. I think it was. I think it was Memorial Day weekend. 
of 2020. They were out there outside the White House, fires, uh, you know, screaming for the for heads and stuff like that. Right. So all that shit happened. And there were a lot of instigators in the January 6th crowd, too. You know, I mean, they they don't they don't want to get to the bottom of any of that, of course, because, you know, there's a lot of. uh, what do they call it? Unindicted co- a lot of yeah. unindicted co-conspirators involved uh, with that, and all this is right under everybody's nose. It's like the Gretchen Whitmer uh, kidnapping. It's all FBI. Yep. These are big deals, you know, big lies. And you know, the thing with Ashley Babbitt, the guy didn't even say, uh, you know, stop. Don't move. Police don't move. Like whatever. And who were the cops out there with the fucking uh, fully automatics there that were with the AK-40, whatever they had? You know, what, what about those yeah. guys, the AR-15s? Yeah. Uh, they they couldn't put in a word. I mean, they could have easily cleared, cleared that whole room. No problem. Everybody leave. And they would. You know, I mean, it's uh, that whole thing. Man, everything about it smells weird. Everything about it smells weird, and everything about this country smells weird right now. But I'm glad to have you uh, to be able to, uh, you know, bullshit with you about the stuff. It's a little bit outside the scope normally what we talk about on the show, in New York City. Yeah, 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 yeah. People started giving me shit when when I started making it political uh, to a degree. But you know what? I'm not making it political. They're making it political. You know, they politicize every aspect of life, and that includes criminal uh, justice, and it includes policing, and it includes just you know all aspects of life you have to politicize little kids genitals for christ's sake it's it's uh the the whole thing is uh it's heartbreaking to me when i see a woman giving her four and five year olds you know two days in a row i saw this at at the drugstore getting their kids vaccinated you know these uh who they're not in danger you know what i mean it's covid is not even that big a deal right now and they wouldn't they're not in a high risk there's no reason why they need that other than you know, hey, if I don't get my kid vaccinated, I'm, you know, what are the other mothers going to say? Right. That's exactly what it is. I got to be. It's a compliance badge. It's all it is at this point. I mean, say what you want. I know I know people that have COVID three or four times now. And those are the people that are vaccinated and boosted. I got COVID one time. I still have the antibodies from it. I lost my job because I wouldn't comply with the message that didn't make sense. And the only thing I was told by my doctors and by the police department is I have to get vaccinated because my antibodies are eventually going to run out. And I'm like, well, I I don't understand. All these guys keep coming in with COVID, walking around. I got to wear a mask. I got a test. They could walk around free and they keep coming in here with fucking COVID. And so my safety is of no concern. I'm of no concern. I'm dirty. Am I spreading this? I would have to go and test. Every week I would have to walk in a room like I was a fucking alien and they would have they would have like Tyvek suits on with the with their fucking like at, like their ankles and their wrists tied with a, with a mask on face shield and another mask underneath it and fucking glass. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, man? I, and this is a year and a half. I went through the riots. Wow. I went through all this bullshit. And now all of a sudden I was a hero, a racist. And now it was my fault for a disease. And I was keeping disease going that by the way i contracted in the line of duty working for the city of new york and i'll be honest bro like i you know that day you know my wife is like this is scary you know the new you know how the news is bro they get you i'm like shut that fucking shit off i don't even have cable in my house anymore we don't even have a tv because i'm like i don't want that i don't want that nonsense going on in my house i see what it does to old people it's not it's not a good message so that day she's like oh this is crazy and I turned to her and I'll never forget what I said. I said, these are the times in my career, just like those riots, 
just like all those things. I said, these are the times of my career. I thank God I'm a fucking cop because I get to go out there. I get to deal with it. I'm still getting paid. People's businesses are being burned down. They're being fucking shut down. You know, all these crazy shit. I'm more than happy to go out there. This is my city that I grew up in. I don't want nothing bad to happen to it. I don't give a fuck if you're a lefty lib and you don't agree with me and you think I'm a fucking Nazi or whatever you think I am. I still don't want you to have to deal with that. I'll still go out there every day. And, you know, I'm, you know, basically I'm an asshole for that. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm crazy. And all my arguments are now true. And still yet nobody believes them. No, nobody they, believes them. They still don't believe them, even when it's like, no, it's self-evident. The truth of it is self-evident now. And they just kind of go, oh, and they move on to the next thing. Now, what are you crazy about? Now, what's your stupid theory? You know, it's like, uh, no, like, let's look at the, you know, Russian collusion, all this shit. It's it's the way they drip it out. You know, the Hunter laptop is like months later. Nobody gives a shit anymore, you know, but about the NYPD. And when I hear them, it's like that's they came in with the hazmat shit, you know, treating you like you're some kind of leper. Uh, you know, there was a time when. Uh, you know, crime was real bad, you know, back in the 70s and 80s and 90s and stuff. But the politicians had you guys back, you know, and 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 I think that it became it must have become 100 percent clear that that was, you know, not only do they not have your back, they're actively fucking with you. Actively, yeah, actively fucking with my life. I'm turning on the TV before I go to work in the morning and de Blasio's on TV saying I'm a criminal. I'm a fucking criminal. You're letting people burn this fucking city down. And I'm a criminal for what? What did I do? Who did I infect? You know, and, and you know, and even even the CDC, they have zero cases of a person infected, truly infected with with COVID, not fucking I popped on some bullshit test, truly had COVID, had symptoms, was bad, have zero case of that ever giving it to someone ever again. You know, and uh. and it. You know, and I went through Omicron. I went through Delta. I went through whatever that other fucking one was, BA or ass, whatever it was, whatever they're going to name it again. I went through all of them. I was at parties. I was sharing drinks. I was hugging and kissing everybody. Yeah. And the whole party got it, except for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're healthy. You're healthy, man. You got healthy blood. You got a, you got a healthy body. You've got a, you got a healthy, uh, you, you haven't. I, a lot of people, when they get vaccinated, that's when they start getting it. You know, Colbert, the most vaccinated guy on earth, he keeps getting COVID. He's had it like twice in two weeks. These people keep getting sick. There's VADs. There's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really bad situation. I'm so grateful. That I that I think the way that I think I never wanted anything to do with any of it. I mean, I, I went to I went to I did the job that I do. I, I wasn't able to do stand up. You know, the clubs are not open. But, you know, uh, I did go and do the broadcasting thing. And, you know, something that's frustrating to me now. And this is a small thing. OK, this is a really small thing. But these fucking things that are still still out here on the streets the size of the rats now that they have this constant food and shelter source, they're getting to be like little chihuahuas, man. I mean, it's really Absolutely. scary and disgusting. And I don't hear anybody saying anything about how these places need to need to go. Well, because they're not out in New York at night anymore. You know, it used to be you'd hang out in the East Village all night long and walk around, you know, and then like two, three o'clock in the morning when everyone starts leaving the bars, all the rats come out. They go by the diners. They go by the restaurants. They go in the back alleys. You're right. They look like fucking raccoons now. They're, they're, 
they look like fucking raccoons. They, they can live right you under know, that. They're, they're right under people's feet while they're eating. I think a lot of times, you know, they're out having drinks at these like uh, these no, things. They're, they're built on the curb. Eight thousand uh, parking spaces or something like that taken. It's it's uh, you know which they, that's all the better you know. So nobody will be driving cars anymore because that's bad for oh, the carbon. No, never. And we'd rather have a building here with rats under it. Uh, it it's. You know, it's it's almost as bad as that Taco Bell down there in the village. That the, you remember the pictures that, that came out of that. Uh, that Disgusting. <laughs> just, yeah. When you get it mixed with that constant food source and in a restaurant, people paying to eat there, man, I I don't even know what to do about it. You know how you have like these little uh, sometimes on the sidewalk. Now it's all closed up, right? So yeah. you, you always knew if there's garbage, you know, and there's stoops, you don't really want to walk. You know, I don't like rats darting in front of me and stuff like that. But man, it's like a, that's what it is, you know, because the, with these little shelters, these little rat rat hole yeah. homes, man. Hey, yeah, yeah. You, and the, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and the dog shit got bigger too. It's actually human shit now, but everybody's <laughs> like, everybody's, you know, they're normalizing that too. They're like, oh, these dogs shit big now. It's like, yeah, yeah, they do, and they wipe their ass too with napkins and newspapers and How leave it right that? next to the shit. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's so weird. Yeah, I can't believe dogs learned how to wipe their ass. Yeah, you know? like sometimes an old pair of underwear, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. There's a two hundred pound dog around here someplace, man. That. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Feeling a great deal of relief. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, no, not at all. I was just looking at your belt there. Are you uh, are you a wrestling champion? Is that is that what that is? Oh, I uh, I boxed uh, in 2018 in Madison Square Garden. Uh, me and a buddy of mine, we got into a little uh, like not a scuffle at work, but a little argument, a tit for tat. So we did uh, with with the cold smokers and yeah. the NYPD. So I did that. I did it in Madison Square Garden. We sold out crowd, uh, 5,500 seats. We sold out like 5,700. Uh, we donated all the money to a, a, a gym to build a, a boxing gym for kids in the Bronx. Uh, great experience. Great time. Uh, again, I love this city, man. I, I love what it was. I don't love what it is. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, that that was, you know, it was still a great time, even with fucking that asshole de Blasio, even with even with the police department turning with their bullshit. I still love New York. Like, I still love it. Like, I still didn't want to be anywhere else. And it's a damn fucking shame. I, I really, like, I'm I'm down in Florida now. I, I can't seem to break myself away from New York because, it. you know, it's 41 years, my entire life. This is the first four months of my life that I haven't been there. Um, and, you know, it's as hard as it is for me. I mean, I see my kids thriving here where they, you know, I, I have a daughter. I have an older daughter. She's uh, she's she's legally blind. Uh, I, have, I have another daughter. And they regressed in those two years under COVID, you know, uh, they were both pretty muscular kids. I kept them active. They got fat. They were on their iPads all day. They had no social interaction, like legit. Everyone was scared. Oh, they're scared. They're scared. I never did that. I was like, I don't care. I was like, listen, the day I'm going to die, I'm going to die. This world's a scary place. Nobody's keeping me safe from it. And if I think this fucking idiot, de Blasio, is keeping me safe, I should have already been dead. And I'm on borrowed time anyway. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, like, it, is in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, I, yeah. you know, I got to be honest. I would rather have a COVID monkeypox smoothie every morning than take the, than yeah. take the vaccine. You know, I, I just uh, I'm not afraid of COVID. I mean, if like you said, when I'm going to die, I'm going to die. That's a, that's something that hey, that's you know, there's a legit thing there. But, man, you are you're asking for trouble putting some kind of experimental gene evolving, whatever the hell that stuff is. You know, they won't even tell you what it is and they want to lock up the information for 75 years. That's a bad sign. 
Uh, Bad sign, yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you mean about New York. I, I should leave, you know, but I can't. I, I, I just uh, I just don't really, I'm not ready to, you know. I got really close, you know, like, man, what, what am I doing here? I'm going to go back down south and just, uh, you know, do some stand-up and whatever. But, uh, you know, it's uh, you, you sort of uh, get used to a place. And, uh, you know, that's I'm too lazy to move anyway. So, uh you know, here, I mean, here I, I, mean I, listen, I'll tell you, when I'm going to work every day and I'm responding to riots and I could answer jobs and go into restaurants, but I can't sit in there and eat in them. And I can't, you know, and, uh, you know, all this shit's flashing in my head. And I come to Florida and I sit in a restaurant for the first time I did in four months with my family, because then then my kids were too dirty to sit in a restaurant. And then my kids were too dirty to d- deal with after school activities. And yeah. and I just watched the segregation come in. I really like I, I'm fucking I got I really like I, I got a little bad like rap for everybody that's there because I'll tell you right now, if the guys I grew up around were still around, they wouldn't be buying into that shit. None of their kids would be in fucking school. Uh, they wouldn't be complaining to the mayor about wearing a mask. I'll just tell you that right now. Like, oh, you got my kids mask. Oh, my kids can't do this. They're, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. And that's how it should be. Like, we're good people. You're being subservient. Your compliance to this bullshit is an act of fate, and you're the sole reason for it. I don't give a fuck what Bill de Blasio says. I don't care what Mayor Eric Adams says. You're going along with it, and it's never going to end until you don't. They and love that's it. What, they live for and, it. They and that's love the virus. They love the virus because it gives them a visible sign of who's good and who's bad. I'm for yeah. science. You're against science. And none of it makes any sense. All these arbitrary rules that they love to follow, but they're designed for them to just get to follow and for us to go, what do you, how does this, and, and that, and that's part of like that that demoralization too. When you go, man, how are all, because they know that anybody with any intelligence is going to be able to go, it doesn't make any sense for me to have to put on a mask to walk to the fucking bathroom or be seated at a restaurant. But once I sit down, I don't need it. And the waiter has to wear one. And, you know, and to not see like, oh, it's like a two tier society you're creating here with the worker drones, with the masks and then, you know, people sitting around being swells. Uh, you know, it's uh, the whole thing adds up to, you know, exactly. You're right. Compliance. The compliance level was just it was stunning. It was absolutely stunning. And I don't think it was all because people were so afraid of, the, you know, they, they they got to plead that because it's a weapon. It's really just a weapon. They want to be a victim. Yeah. You've been very generous with your time, John. I appreciate it. Right. I, you know, like Thank we've been here for quite a while. And uh, when you come back in July, you know, uh, look me up. I uh, maybe uh, we'll uh, talk in person. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll come. I'll be in the city a few days. I'll definitely come. Coming down for a couple of weeks. We'll definitely do something. We'll get together. Um, I'll be around. I want. I want to. I want everyone to see my face. Let them know I'm still around. You know. Oh. And, and what we didn't <laughs> talk about a lot yet, of haters. You got a podcast that's starting uh, in uh, July, right? Yep. Uh, I'm starting a podcast. I already started. We started filming a couple of episodes. I didn't release it yet, but uh, New York's finest, retired and unfiltered. Uh, you could follow me at uh, John D. Macari. I got the link to my to my podcast there. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's going to be on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram. I'm sorry, YouTube, uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So uh, and basically, basically, all it's going to be is I'm bringing on retired guys. You're going to get to see true diversity. You're going to see who really is a police officer, who we are, how we grew up, what our family background was, our socioeconomic background, how we think, 
how we all think differently. None of us think alike. And we're going to talk some issues and you're going to hear a lot of cop stories, man. Because like I said, you know, being a cop was a, was a blessing for me. I had a great career. Um, I had a million stories. We can sit here for two years and I never stop, you know. Um, and I sat here and jawed with you the whole time just about the state of the world. And uh, I, 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 I really did want to hear, uh, you know, one of, the, one of these times I'll hear some stories uh, and uh, hang out uh, when I sign off. Uh, thanks uh, one more time for being here, John McCary. And yeah. thanks for listening to New York City Crime Report. No, thank you, sir. <laughs>